Trammell and Chin team up once more. Dug again by Hornung. Maybe her best one yet. Right side to Cleveland. Tools the block of Farmer. Both comes and catches the back row. Second ace of the set for the Boilermakers, and they close it out, 25-20. Grace Cleveland goes cross-court. Grace Cleveland wins the match and propels Purdue to elite status. Welcome back to the latest edition of the Dig City Podcast. I'm Corey Palm alongside head coach Dave Jondell, uh, coming off a weekend over in Cincinnati. Dave, uh, uh, two matches, Friday and uh, Saturday. Friday against number 10 Louisville, Saturday against Lipscomb. We'll... We'll start at the beginning. It's usually a good place to begin. Uh, Friday's match against Louisville, a less than desirable outcome, but I'm, I'm certain that uh, you have a lot of takeaways to talk about from Friday's match. Well, the most impressive thing was Louisville. Um, they played at an extremely high level. They've got terrific athletes, great toughness, good setter, uh, fast uh, athletes, and they were a little bit better than what we uh, were bargaining on and uh, I didn't think we played poorly we just could not match up to the, the, the purpose that they played with and um, they were fast on the ball they made a lot of defensive plays their block was better than ours their serving was better than ours and um, you know we had a, a meeting the next morning I called our coaching staff together and had a meeting about hey we did not do as good of a job as we need to do to get ready for Louisville you know Keep in mind, we spent all week getting ready for him, and we watched lots and lots of tape. Right. My point was this, was even though our coaching staff has been together for a long time, they're writing stories about it, <laughs> but it doesn't mean we're communicating very well. Okay. And I said, just because we've been here a long time doesn't mean we can stay in our own silos and do our thing. We have to share with each other what our plan is and what we're trying to accomplish and what we see. and. And we just have to communicate better across the board, whether it's with each other, whether it's with our team, uh, whatever it might be, because I just felt like there were things I assumed were, were being taken care of for that match that when I watched the match, it just didn't look like everybody was on the same page. So okay. uh, I felt like we, you know, we learned a lot from a coaching standpoint from that. And you know, one thing, for example, we're doing now is John and I and, and our volunteer coach, Chad Sutton, we're meeting uh, three mornings a week now, watching film together. To, to make sure that we're sharing our impressions and our thoughts so we don't uh, end up in a, in a similar situation again. So, yeah, we learned a lot. Our players learned a lot. But, you know, you can't take away what Louisville did. And uh, I feel like they would have beaten just about everybody in the country with, with the match that they played on that particular day. And sometimes you just have to, you know, tip the hat to, to the opponent and, and, as you said, learn from what they did and maybe try to simulate some of the things that they did a little bit better. Uh, their their mentality that they played with, the enthusiasm, um, how prepared that they were, the adjustments that they made. And, and again, I, I don't think we were bad. It, it was not a pitiful performance by right. any stretch of the imagination. We just played a team that was more more ready than we were on that day. It's not often a <clears throat> one of your teams, certainly in recent years, gets outblocked and out-aced. Uh, Louisville had the edge in both of those categories. Mm -hmm. Were you surprised at all that their block was more effective, uh, and 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 that that the serve receive seemed to be a bit lacking statistically? Yeah, I mean it goes right back to what I'm, I'm talking yeah. to you about before. We we felt like uh, we would pass better than they did, and uh, the results were not that case. They mm -hmm. they outpassed us, which is a huge component of being successful 
offensively. And I think they passed a 2.8, and we passed a 2.4 on a four-point scale. And that's that's getting your tail kicked, yeah. you know, uh, from a passing standpoint. And that's something we take great pride in. So that was that didn't sit well with anybody uh, in our program. And the blocking, I went back and looked really, really closely at our blocking in that match. Probably watched the match three times, slowed it down, stopped it, um, watched with other people. Our blocking wasn't that bad. They were that good. Okay. Um, you know, we worked really hard on blocking. So I'm, I'm thinking, man, did we not get anything done last week? But then you go back and you watch our right side blockers, and and they're they're really working hard to be in the right position and getting their hands over the net and penetrating. And sometimes we are still going too straight up in the air instead of penetrating across the net and just putting flags up in the air for people to hit. And you don't want to do that because the good teams will take advantage of that, and that's what you know Louisville did. So we'll continue to work on that. But um, uh, good hitters beat good blockers, um, and that's what happened in our match. They certainly got the advantage in that uh, for for sure. It sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, and sorry if we're covering old ground here, but it sounds like you might be, you might have been a little surprised when you looked at the tape and found that the takeaway was they were that good. We weren't that bad. Whenever you get beat the way we got beat three straight, we don't get swept very often, mm-hmm. and I hope that's something that I, that didn't sit well with our team uh, as well. You have to give yourself a chance. You've got to got to get a win. And, and put yourself back into the match. And as I talked about in our press conference earlier uh, today, uh, we hardly ever had a lead. I'm not sure we had a lead no. in the entire three sets, the entire match. So we never really gave ourselves an opportunity to get any momentum, get any mojo, uh, get the confidence that we need. But in response to your question, yes, I felt like we were better when, when I watched it. I didn't think we were awesome or awful during the match. But I, I didn't think we were very good. Right. When I went back and looked at some of the specifics, we were better than I than I thought. Again, Louisville played a heck of a match, and they were really ready for that match. They were really motivated. Mm-hmm. And I go back to the fact the last time we played them, we beat them, and it wasn't a sweep, but it was about as close to it as you can get. Right. We we certainly I think we lost the first set, then won the next three, going away, and some of their kids that. Uh, uh, we really focused on, did not have big matches. And I was concerned that some of those players would be really zoned in and ready to, to make a point, and, and they did, and, and we just didn't respond to it. One thing about this sport, you uh, you get the opportunity to turn the page quickly, mm-hmm. and no reason to hit the panic button for sure, mm-hmm. but but uh, your team less than 24 hours had to turn around and play a game Lipscomb squad. Mm-hmm. Um, were you happy with the response out of your team in getting that three-set sweep? Uh, yes and no. We, we didn't put on a clinic. You know, you always hope that you get beat, you're going to come back in, and everybody's going to play with an incredible amount of intensity and focus and purpose, and, and things are going to be easy. There was nothing easy about that match right. with um, Lipscomb. Lipscomb hit for a high percentage, especially the first two sets. And, you know, we're a defensive-oriented team, and I'm scratching my head trying to figure out what do we need to do? What What is it we're missing here? Mm-hmm. But I go back and watch that tape, and they had some outside hitters hitting some incredible wipe-off shots. Um, where our block, the timing might be just a little bit off, but it's not that our guys aren't responding to the coaching. They're, they're, if anything, they're trying too hard to do exactly what they're supposed to be doing. So uh, sometimes players just got to have time to figure out some things on their own, and they've got the same access to this volley metrics 
um, video that we have where you can break down every match and, and see every touch that you make. If Grace Cleveland wanted to watch every serve, every pass, every block, every dig, mm-hmm. every attack, mm-hmm. every drop-off defense, everything that she wanted to, she can do that. Mm-hmm. And she can do it in about 40 minutes. And so it's a great tool for all of our players to do. So I, I think with a conscientious group that we have, uh, it's, it'll be a matter of time before things start to click uh, with the blocking and, and, the, and the defense. Sometimes it just it takes a bit of time for a season to catch its rhythm maybe and, mm-hmm. and kids to figure out what, what well, combination I mean, of things work. You know, it used to be a, a time where the non-conference was just that, was to get, yeah. ready, get yourself ready and, and play a variety of different teams and, and get ready to go into the conference play and then let the best teams make the NCAA tournament. And then this RPI thing just took over. The RPI just took over women's volleyball. Right. And so now every coach has to, you know, get the calculator out and look at everybody's schedule and, and, and be as like a name that nobody remembers anymore is, is a guy named Kreskin. Kreskin used to have a TV show where he could tell the future and, he, and this kind of thing. And so you got to anticipate how good every team in the country is and try to schedule some of those that are going to have a lot of wins, and it's a nightmare. Um, but so far, right now, our, our, our schedule, a non-conference schedule to this point in time, the teams we played, is the fifth best in the country. So that's the good news. Yeah. And therefore, our RPI right now is fifth in the country. Not because our schedule is fifth best, but you, you add your win – percentage to the opponent's win percentage and all that kind of stuff so we're not in a bad position right now despite the loss to Louisville we're still right where we would like to be we just have to you know adjust make some adjustments and 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 be more prepared to play every match last thing on the Lipscomb match you 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 said they hit at a high percentage they they were almost 400 attack percentage in the first set Mm -hmm. you guys were 444 for the match only Oh, I got it here. Eight errors in three sets. Eight attacking errors in three sets. That is a very clean. Our our hitting percentage is really good right now. You know, we're not tops in the league. We're third in the Big Ten of the fourteen teams. But again, we've played that really good schedule. Mm -hmm. So that's going to show in your hitting percentage. If you're playing strong competition, it's it's hard to be over three hundred. But we're there. If you play weak competition, you better be better be over three hundred, or you're you know you've got some things to work on. So. Offensively, and you know that that was the main goal for this team during the, the the preseason was we have to have a better hitting percentage than what we've had in the past couple of years. Well, we're, we're doing that. Mm-hmm. Have, maybe some other things have not gotten enough attention, but uh, I think that you know we'll correct those things in time. And as I mentioned, we're we're right where we need to be um, with three matches this weekend to uh, to finish. Uh, I guess it would be eight and one going into Big Ten play. I know we'll we'll talk about the Stacy Clark Classic here in a minute. Uh, before we do, another thing you mentioned in the press conference this morning was this morning afternoon. It was earlier today. Yeah, um, a lot of top twenty-five volleyball teams losing in the first uh, few weeks of the season. It is a it is a, a meat grinder on the national scale right now. There there are so many high quality programs. Yeah, I like to call it mashed potatoes yeah. type of situation where. Uh, I also mentioned at that press conference that I thought right now Wisconsin and Texas are above the rest, and nobody can argue with that. And mm-hmm. I think you know, you know, Pitt might be somebody that uh, is right there. Pitt, a team that went five with Tennessee, who will play on Saturday afternoon in a real knockdown dragout. But um, those two teams appear to be above the rest, and I think you, there's another 12 to 15 that. Uh, the rest of the season will dictate where they go. Mm-hmm. Not what not what's happened so far, but what what happens the rest of the season. What 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 focus and concentration do they have on volleyball in the next you know three months? 
will determine their fate. So hopefully we'll be one of those teams that can really bear down and, and uh, prioritize the sport and, and our team and, and make more progress. You mentioned that match with Tennessee. Uh, that caps off a busy weekend. You've got two matches on Friday and then that uh, early matinee on Saturday. Friday you take on Jacksonville State at 1030 in the morning, a little breakfast with the Boilermakers. Yeah. Um, uh, what do we know at the moment about the Gamecocks? Uh, Todd Garvey, who was a volunteer coach for us uh, about five years ago, you remember Todd. Uh, he came from, uh, I believe, Mercy High School and came up here and wanted to make a move into the college ranks. And we uh, were happy to give him that opportunity. He did a great job for us before going to Ohio U for a year and then to uh, Lipscomb. For a year as an assistant and then got this head coaching job at Jacksonville State and all he's done is improve every year. Last year they went 16-2, and two, wow. won the conference and uh, now they're 9-1 and one, and uh, they'll be a really scrappy team. They'll be a little bit like Lipscomb in my okay. opinion. That's kind of a the team I'm expecting to see. I've watched them on tape. They've got you know some, some live arms and some, some aggressive defenders. They've got several players out of the state of Indiana so it will be exciting for them to come back, and they'll certainly be playing with purpose mm -hmm. when they get here. But you know, I can hardly talk about the Stacy Clark um, classic without thinking of Stacy Clark. Yeah, and you were here long enough during her time that uh, um, she was the best fan that Purdue women's sports has ever had. And not that she didn't cheer for the men's sports, but <laughs> right. she was certainly loyal to to the women's sports and. Uh, somebody that welcomed our coaching staff with open arms 19 years ago, and you know she passed. Uh, uh, what's it been? Three, four years ago. Yeah, pancreatic uh, cancer, and she fought a, a great, great fight. Uh, but was probably the nicest person I've ever known in my entire life. There wasn't a bad bone in her body, and she was the most unselfish woman. And uh, her husband Steve is still a big follower of, of us and supports us in a lot of different ways. They have a scholarship that they've endowed to, to Purdue Volleyball. So um, this is a big weekend mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. Never, I don't remember seeing Stacy without a smile on her face and a camera in her hand. Yeah. That was uh, that was the mainstay right there. Yeah. Uh, no doubt about it, that, that, that little extra motivation. Um, second match, on Friday, you play uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne right? 7.30. Um, and, and, you know, we, we switched. Originally, we were playing Purdue in the morning. We were playing Jacksonville State at night. And okay. I talked with the head coach from Purdue-Fort Wayne, and he thought, man, this is, you know, the two Purdue schools playing each other. Can we can we get a better time slot? And I said, yeah, it makes sense that we do that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we made, that, we made that adjustment, and Jacksonville State had no problem with it. So uh, we will play the, our, our friends from Fort Wayne. Uh, in that evening match, and even though they're off to kind of a tough start with a record of about two and six, um, every set they play seems like it's a two two point set. I mean, either winning or getting beat, and they've played some good teams, and they've just they've just lost some really close sets. So they were good a year ago. They were just over five hundred and and had a really good season. And that, and we wouldn't have scheduled them if we didn't expect them to to win matches this year from an RPI standpoint. So I think they're going to be okay once they get get rolling into conference play and. Um, they, again, a lot of Indiana players clearly on their roster, and it will be fun to have uh, Purdue. I think it's the first time we've played Purdue-Fort Wayne in 19 years wow. since I've been here. Okay. So that will be uh, be a good uh, experience for all of us. And then, um, you know, the marquee match is the SEC's uh, Tennessee Volunteers, who are really, really good this year. Mm -hmm. um, they knocked off Baylor, who's 
was a top 10 team. The same weekend, they just about beat Pitt, who may be third or fourth in the poll this week. Um, then, then I started to watch them this, you know, this past weekend, and they're even better than I expected. Okay. I got a transfer from Colorado State, who was the Mountain West Player of the Year. You know, you got to keep track of your players. You need a program, you yeah. know, to know who, who's who's where. And so she's made a big addition on the left side. They got a lefty on the right side that, um, you know, is going to cause some problems for a lot of people. Hopefully, not too much for us, but she could. And um, good athletes, good setter, crafty setter, good ball control. So they, they have, they are one of the most improved teams of the last year and a half uh, in the entire country. Possibly contending for the SEC title. I know there's some heavy hitters in that conference. Well, their their RPI right now is first in the SEC. Okay, but you've got Kentucky and, and Florida yeah. that I think um, have a little more physicality than what they do. But I think they're going to make make plenty of noise. And and I think when the, the initial poll came out, they might have been fourth or fifth of the I think 13 teams they have playing volleyball in the SEC. But since the season started, they've elevated their status. Yes, it's certainly earned, it sounds like. A time change on that match as well. It's going to be a bit of an earlier start than yeah, originally and, planned. and the reason for that, Corey, you, you may have figured it out, but we were scheduled to play right at the same time as uh, our football team. Yeah. And we're not stupid. I mean, you know, we want, <laughs> we want, to, we want to use this as a pep rally. Our mm-hmm. match is a pep rally for the entire athletic department and uh, try to get as many fans as we can to come out and watch our 1230 uh, match so that they can, you know, we can hopefully take care of business. Uh, that's our hope. Obviously, Tennessee is not going to make that easy. Yep. And then people can then disperse and and be in great great spirits to watch uh, the football game Purdue playing at Notre Dame. So that's why we made that change. And we're counting on our people being here. Yep. We're absolutely Tennessee. I mean, you know, yeah, Purdue at, four, at Notre Dame is a big rivalry, a big match. Okay, and. Two good, two good football teams. This is going to be two teams ranked in the top 15 in the country, knocking heads yeah. in in Holloway Gym, and one that's going to have a lot to do, I think, with seating uh, for both teams down the road. So we, we need our, our students, we need our community, we need everybody out here at 12:30 ready to rock and roll. We changed the time so that you could come to Holloway Gym mm-hmm. Saturday afternoon. So now you got to do your part, folks, and get to Beeland Court to to see that Clash of the Titans. Coach, you got anything else you want to touch on this week? No, no. I, I, I like I say, I trust our team. Uh, I think that they will respond. We have such a veteran group, but there's a lot of veteran teams this year. Yep. I, I talked to Kelly Sheffield, the coach at Wisconsin, on Sunday uh, afternoon. Sunday afternoon, we talked, and um, he he agreed that the, there's never been a better volleyball season than this one, and and that's partially because these veteran teams that have mm-hmm. fifth-year seniors back and the Big Ten's full of them. But the Big Ten is not lighting it up any more than what, what any other year. Matter of fact, there's a lot of really good volleyball teams out there. I mean, and, and Tennessee's a classic example of yep. what I'm talking about. Louisville, classic example that you, you don't have to be a Big Ten, Pac-12, you know, a team. They're all over the place this season. There's more non-power five teams that have cracked into the top 25 this year than there has been for a long time. So it's just, it's interesting. And uh, it's just going to be hard to uh, to imagine what might happen, but it makes for a fun season. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to hold you for a minute on that one. It's a, it's a great point. The the added year, the uh, more, more depth on some of these rosters probably helps some of the teams that wouldn't normally have that kind of depth. You get a couple starters to... You've got a couple good players, 
in each class, and then a couple more that hang around, so you've got better depth right. at, at a yeah, there's, non-traditional there's, power. Yeah, and there's competition for those spots, which makes practices a little more spicy. Mm-hmm. And um, and some of these people that were their fifth year transferred right. to, That's the to other the schools, which made made those schools you know better. And uh, and I, I'm certainly very very thankful that Caitlin Newton and Jenna Otek you know loved this program enough that they wanted to stay and, and be part of another year and, and they're obviously off to great starts. Mm-hmm. Caitlin Newton is better than ever right now. She's she's playing a really, really good brand of volleyball. Jenna Otek uh, sharing that uh, libero responsibilities with Mo Horning and there's not a program in the country that's in a better position than we are to have two two great defensive players like that with their experience. So, yeah, it, it's going to lead to a very interesting season, and I think volleyball fans should appreciate the, the level of play that they're going to see this season. Get a chance to appreciate it three times on the home boards this weekend. Get out there, uh, Phil Holloway Gym for the Stacy Clark Classic Coach. We'll be back next week to, uh, to talk about the results with uh, big smiles on our face, hopefully. Hopefully, and, and getting ready for that Big Ten season. Right. We'll, we'll follow up. But thanks, Corey. Thank you.